It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 232, entitled Alexa, Make Us Sustainable. It was recorded on Monday, the 28th of November, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and today I'm joined by three very special guests. First of all, we have Bob WP, or Bob Don, as we better know him. We also have Lindsay Miller and James Giroux. We're here to talk about WordPress, and there's an awful lot to talk about. WordPress is discontinuing upgrades for anything prior to WordPress 4, so if you are on those older versions of WordPress, you need to get that sorted. We have a very long conversation all about what sustainability in WordPress could mean. That might touch on things like the carbon footprint of websites, but also more broadly about the community and the kind of events that we want to attend. The state of the word is happening in December, and you can find out where you can see that. We also have a new website for the developer docs over at make.wordpress.org. We also, on that site, have a page written by Justin Tadlock about pattern-first mindset. We delve into that very briefly. And then towards the end, we have a long conversation about the Fediverse, Mastodon, and all of those things that everybody seems to be talking about at the moment. And then finishing off about Alexa and about the gigantic amount of money it is not making each year. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. There are others, I'm sure, but good something. It's episode number 232 of This Week in WordPress. Very nice to have you with us. If you're joining us live, that's really appreciated. If you're listening to this on the audio afterwards, well, thank you for doing that. If you want to make a comment during the course of this show, and hopefully you do, then there's a couple of quick ways to do that. If you're over on our WP Builds live page, that's over at wpbuilds.com forward slash live, you'll need to be logged into Google because it's YouTube comments. And if you are over in our Facebook group or Facebook page, you'll need to go for one further little step. You'll need to go to chat.restream.io. Click the link in the message at the top of the post and chat.restream.io forward slash FB. And that will take you to our platform, which is Restream. And over there, you can then authorize it to send us your picture and your name, and so on and so forth. You can remain anonymous if you like, that's fine. But, uh, you know, keep it clean is all I'd say. Don't want any uh, incendiary bombs landing during this episode, but please feel free to go and share it. And if you want to tell us where you are, that'd be very nice. Whilst you uh, decide whether you want to make any comments or not, I will introduce today's guests. Um, Bob, Bob Don, if you don't know Bob, he's there. That's Bob. How are you doing, Bob? Hey, I'm doing good, Nathan. It always sounds so good. You you sound familiar, though. There's this podcast that I occasionally listen to. It's not a very good one. And there's a couple of guys <laughs> sound a lot like you and me. I'm not saying, <laughs> not saying any more. 
But, yeah, um, it, it's spooky. Yeah. It's yeah, it weird. is spooky. Yeah, because they're also English and American, which is quite weird. Yeah. Let's introduce Bob properly. By the way, Bob has decided that he wants to come on this show far more often. The reason for that is I wrestled him to the ground at WordCamp in US and <laughs> threatened his life unless he decided to come on more. And so he's coming on as a co-host on a much more frequent basis. So I am so pleased about that. That's really great. Um, but if you don't know Bob, Bob Don, a.k.a. Bob WP, loves building community through the WordPress and WooCommerce ecosystem. He thrives on connecting people, growing partnerships, elevating voices, and occasionally discussing, didn't read that bit before now, discussing world domination with Nathan. Okay. <laughs> should have, I should have read that. That's very good. Uh, so that's Bob. There he is. Where are you at the minute, Bob? I know that you're moving to Portugal, but... Not yet. Yeah, I'm still on the Washington coast. So it's, okay. um, you know, I'm just um, counting down the days to wait for our visa to be approved. Okay. Oh, good luck with that. I hope that all comes Thanks. <laughs> and for the first time on this show, we've got Lindsay Miller. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Finally with, yeah. like, with the cool kids. Oh, <laughs> I joined. Click the wrong button about ten minutes ago. When you but, uh, it's a real pleasure. It's lovely having um, new faces. We hope that you come back. We hope that you know you enjoy it enough that you want to come back. Lindsay um, is well when she's not traveling the world with her partner and two tiny humans or helping save the world she can be found creating magic for clients at her business content journey or over on slack at post status she's a native i don't know how to say this i'm gonna give it a go oklahoma i can't wait that's yeah, perfect She's a native Oklahoman, a former sorority girl. She put in brackets, I know, right? Is that sorority? That's another word which isn't in our lexicon. Yeah. It, yeah. We, I was actually taking the kids by the university um, over the weekend. We went to a volleyball game and showing them the sorority houses um, and trying to explain it. And there's there really isn't even a translation to anyone, right? Oh, okay. okay. It's yeah. got something to do yeah. with the university. Though. It's probably just it's a, it's a club. It's a club at the university. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, I failed to finish your introduction. She's also a whiskey enthusiast okay. and her old fashions are legendary. Whiskey, like like a real you're a real devotee yeah yes i love whiskeys and scotches and all that good stuff so yeah Ooh. that's kind of nice thank you well anyway thank you for joining us we'll uh we'll yeah. divert you to our other whiskey based podcast and you can join that as well <laughs> and uh, are you that's and the one that me and bob are doing there's <laughs> 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 definitely an element of drinking uh in there somewhere um and then finally thank you so much joined by james Giroux. how are you doing james i am doing well how are you doing yeah, really, really nice. I got to say, I love the setup you've got going on there. Really nice audio and a beautiful look at it. Look at the background that he's got. That's fabulous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. James has been part of the WordPress community for over a decade. He's been an agency owner, product developer, marketplace employee, community wrangler, and is now a blogger and the director of brand and product marketing over at Stella WP. And did I hear right when you joined the call, you were talking to Lindsay for a minute. Did you say you're in Costa Rica? Was that right? No, uh, I'm just getting ready to go on holiday to Mexico. Oh, I see. I thought, oh. <laughs> At the oh, same well, time, then... Lindsay's going to be in Costa Rica. Oh, I see. Sorry, I was a bit busy. Where are you, James, then, in that case? Uh, I'm based in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us 
all of you. If you've put a comment in, I'll try to get to it now very quickly. As always, we're joined by Peter Ingersoll. He always puts a nice cheery comment and usually gives us some weather update, which is lovely. He's in Connecticut, US, where it's currently a pleasant 51 degrees. Oh, check it out. He's even included the degree oh. centigrade this time. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can understand what the weather is. That's, that's amazing. Do you have degree centigrade in Canada? We do, yes. Oh, well done. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It just makes no sense to me, Fahrenheit, at all. Uh, it's 11 degrees centigrade over there, partly on, under partly cloudy skies. This is brilliant. A weekly weather update from Peter. And we've got Rob Cairns joining us. Uh, you let Bob back in. I know, like I said, I encouraged him with violence. Uh, we also have... Oh, yeah. Hi, Lindsay, James, and Nathan as well. And James... He says he's in the Toronto area and oh. get down your way quite a lot. Well, there you go. You guys should come say hi at some point. Yeah, well, for coffee. Yeah, nice. Okay, let's get stuck into the WordPressy bits and pieces for this week, shall we? First of all, a couple of bits of blatant self-promotion. I hope you don't mind. It won't take me long. Uh, firstly, this is our website. There's a sign-up form there if you want to keep updated with all the bits and pieces that we do. Stick your email address in there and then click subscribe, and we'll send you two emails a week when we produce new content. Nothing more. So it's not that too bad. Uh, this is our Black Friday deals page. It's over at wpbuilds.com forward slash black. As of this moment, it's got 270 deals on it. I suspect in about, I don't know, 12 hours time, it'll have gone down to about 80 or 90, something like that. There's a lot that are disappearing. So if you are in the, in the space for WordPress products and various bits and pieces. And check this out as if this wasn't cool. Look who our little sponsor there, right at the top. We've got Stella WP supporting this page. Thank you. Uh, also Gravity Forms, Manage W, sorry, WP Manage Ninja. We've got WS Form, uh, GoDaddy Pro and WP Engine. They all help support and put this page live. If you go past there, you can click this little search and filter button, and then you can sort of hone down a little bit on what it is that you might want to look for see if there's anything there of interest and if there is you've probably got a little bit of time some of the deals go right through the middle of december some of them actually right into january i don't quite know how they're naming themselves black friday but there you go um so there's that wpbuilds.com forward slash black i am going to take my screen off and i'm going to ask the question about black friday black friday it's been it's gone did you get sucked in? Let's start with Bob. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Um, actually, I, I, I got a little sucked in. I It was like I needed a couple SaaS things, so that was nice. You know, I, I didn't buy anything extra. And then uh -huh. we, we bought some extra luggage. Because oh, you got, a, you got on a trip extra, or something. As yeah, yeah. when we move, we're not taking anything with us except about eight or ten suitcases. So I got on and found some extra kind of temporary bags and some stuff. So, so yeah, so it was kind of, kind of nice. I normally don't, you know, spend a lot on that day, yeah. but um, it seemed like it was worth checking it out and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm set. That's cool. Lindsay. I mean, I did a little bit. I had, had my eye on some stuff. Um, and we also offered our first Black Friday deal from content journey. So that was interesting to kind of watch that as like a, service-based offer um and what that would look like in the ecosystem too um but yeah there were a couple of products that we use um that i like at our agency that i purchased 
previously that were renewing. So I was like, oh, okay. So I can wait a week and renew and, and take advantage because I'd looked at the pages that were out there. And so I um, was a little meticulous about that. Um, and then of course, some things for the family that I was like, yeah. knew I had Christmas coming up and trying to get that out there. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I tried to take advantage. Can I ask if, if you're willing and you are f- more yeah. than happy to, to sort of decline to answer this question, how <laughs> did it go with the Black Friday for your own product content journey? How did that, was that something you, you'll, you've enjoyed and you'll do again? Or it was like, no never doing that again um i would do it again it was a good test so for us we have a lot of services that we provide that we don't talk about because usually they're things that we just do for existing clients and so it was an opportunity to sort of help us do a few things one of like talk about this other service we do um and then secondly just like I don't know, tell people about it in the year strong, try to get a few more people in um, to start the the year off. So I, I would do it again. And it was a good test of our pricing structure too, to be honest, nice. yeah. um, of just putting that out there and see how people responded. So yeah, yeah I would do yeah. it. And I think we may do it again like with emails or something else later okay. um, in, in like first or second quarter next year and uh, do it again. Yeah. Ah, thank you. That's really interesting. And James, from the Stella side, how do? Oh, let, let's deal with you personally first. Did you get sucked <laughs> in uh, on anything? You know. <laughs> well, I'm in the interesting position of being in Canada, where our Thanksgiving's actually in October, um, not in November. So we've already done all of our Thanksgiving stuff, and then Black oh. Friday is this big American thing. But all of the Canadian retailers get involved and start offering their own black friday things so it very much parallels i just think the international um buying power of that one day and it's 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 the psychology of it as a marketer is really interesting to to sit back and analyze when you look at literally you know around most of the english speaking world you've got everyone primed and ready to go for this one day of the year where everyone comes with their wallets open ready to buy so it's a really really interesting thing to watch as a marketer um on the stellar side it was great um so far i've been i've been looking at at the numbers coming in and the goals that we have and even with the economy being what it is i think we're all pleasantly surprised by uh, how robust black friday has been for us so very exciting one thing that I always find curious is, let's say that you've got a subscription service. So you've got, a, uh, I don't know, one of your plugins, like um, Give or something like that. And if a, if a lot of people buy it on the, the Black Friday day, and Lindsay just alluded to this, you know, you, you next year you, you get so close, you're within three or four days of that renewal period. Does it, do, do you have any insight into whether or not you basically are just doing a perpetual Black Friday deal for customers every year and they stick, or do they then go back typically onto the normal pricing? The reason I'm asking is because if you time it right and you, you know, Black Friday falls reasonably close each year, you could end up just having cut price customers all year. And that, that could, I don't know, skew the, skew the whole sales process for you. I can give you some of my own personal insight um, into that as a marketer. So there's, there's a couple different ways um, to do that. I think uh, the first thing is at least probably the, the ideal way to do it is it's, it's, it's geared toward new customers and new customer acquisition. So a new license gets you a new discount. If you're renewing, typically you're renewing at full price. Um, Sometimes uh, as I mentioned, 
uh, piece, you can offer maybe a, a secondary discount, right? right? So it's it's maybe not the full amount, but it's like a secondary amount, um, depending on um, the partnerships that you have or the the ecosystem that you're creating. Um, you know, I think of a company like Gravity Forms, uh, for example, where um, they have a whole bunch of third-party certified add-ons that offer deals as well. So perhaps your second year is an opportunity to take advantage of deals from the wider ecosystem to extend the functionality of your core plugin. Um, LearnDash would be another example of uh, a plugin where you could do that. Um, so yeah, looking for different ways to add value uh, in a year-over-year Black Friday type experience I think works well for product companies. Yeah, Nathan, I was just gonna I was just gonna add Nathan because I had a whole a boatload of stuff renew. Obviously, I yeah. bought it last because yeah. it was in, it, for me. It was when I redesigned, had my site redesigned. It was right before it was in October. So then, when I bought my own license for everything, I did it Black Friday, and I saw a mix of everything. I mean, I saw just some usual. Here's your renewal full price. Um, somebody, I can't, I'm not going to mention who, but somebody gave me a renewal and it was comparable to the Black Friday price. It was real close. And then a couple of them do have in a built in, like James said, a price that's lower when you renew, which gives you some loyalty, you know, like, okay, you're renewing and stuff. So, so it was a mixed bag for me. I mean, I, I had them popping in left and right. It was like, my God, you know, I'm spending more money than I thought on black Friday unintentionally yeah. because, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the board, but. Here's a couple of things. Firstly, I bought a load of Google stuff, like, you know, the the google home devices i bought a bunch of those and the speakers i really like their speakers because we've got this we got this idea that we want to flood the house with the exact same song i don't know why but we want every room to play the same music at the same time i just think that's a stupid idea but we want to do it and so we keep periodically buying speakers and connecting them to the network it's quite nice it's quite a nice effect when the whole house is full of the exact same sound. So that was what I bought. But here's a couple of observations from me. Yes, Bob. Firstly, my inbox was full of renewals. So it's pretty obvious that I've totally given into the whole Black Friday thing over the years. And secondly, it was quite interesting what renewed without telling me. So the, I, I have a really interesting relationship now in my head with companies who renewed and didn't tell me. And I'm not ticked off about it, but it definitely creates a little bit of bad blood if you know what I mean it's like oh that missed it darn okay I've got another year of it and I, but I would like to have thought about whether or not that was that was something I wanted to do yeah, yeah I, got it, a, I got a couple that were yep. I mean a couple that gave a week before and then yep. I had some that just sent and said hey you know it's renewed it's like oh yeah. well okay then in you my know, case, so, it was yeah. in in one case, it was just through Stripe. Stripe was the the, the way that I knew. Uh, it didn't come from the company itself. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's I don't know whether or not that's weird or not. it's just an observation. Yeah, in the UK, we've totally bought into the whole Black Friday thing. Everything is Black Friday. It's totally massive, and and I feel like the nations. The nation's combined wallet's just empty on that day. It's like, yeah, there you go. Have, retailers have all the cash. And then we all regret it on, you know, s Saturday morning, wake up and think, did I really need that thing? But here we go. Well, okay. traditionally in Commonwealth countries, I think Boxing Day, uh, the day after Christmas, has been our version of Black Friday. Yep. So I know in Canada, yep. that's that's the typical retail discount day and everyone queues up at the 
the shops in the morning yeah. to to be first in line. So do, do you do do you do Boxing Day? Is that even on the calendar, Bob and Lindsay in the US? Is that a day? Okay, no, so in, in no. on the twenty sixth. Oh, that's interesting. I thought that was international. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah, in Canada, maybe it's Commonwealth, and the UK, it's it's you know, if you buy a printed calendar, it's it's one hundred percent guaranteed to say Christmas Day twenty fifth, Boxing Day twenty sixth. That's just what it's called, and it and it was when all the sales came, and it was after Christmas. The idea being that there would be this sudden sort of pandemonium to go out and buy things with probably money that you received on Christmas Day, potentially, or just people saving up through Christmas, being a little bit more penny-pinching, knowing that if they could steal themselves for an extra 24 hours, they could probably go and pick up the things. But the crazy thing about that was it always ended up with like queues outside the stores and then this maelstrom of chaos when the doors opened and literally people were falling over themselves to buy tellies, you know, and fights would break out over toilet roll and you know, goodness knows what. Uh, but Black Friday's now replaced that and we all do it online. We just fight online instead, which is, yeah, there you go. Right. Well, but Bob and I are in the US. Like we're probably, there's consumerism and fighting that's happening all the time. Like give it, <laughs> yeah. give it, a, yeah. give it a lovely name like Boxing Day. Like that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, I don't know why um, it was called but, Boxing but Day. For us, it's like a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it was called Boxing Day. I presume it's got something to do with actual physical boxes. But I really don't know. Uh, just a couple of comments quickly. Hi, Elliot. Elliot lives just down the road from me. Very nice to see you. Uh, Dennis Dornan, he's the uh, the founder of Main WP. He says he's bought a bunch of toddler toys. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's a nice thing to spend it on, isn't it? Um, Pete Everett from Sheffield in the UK. Hello. He says nine degrees and the sun is finally shining. Oh, he's given us a weather update as well. Yeah, we definitely have sun here. Um, I'm assuming yeah, nine right. degrees is is Celsius. So what's I'm like hoping. So, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping it's Celsius. Happy Monday, says Michelle Frechette. Um, that's really nice. And Peter on message here. He says, I appreciate discounts on renewals, even on, over initial deals. It makes the original purchase more attractive and the renewal decision easy. Uh, I won't help. It won't need much help over time. So I'm a chapter to, uh, sorry, a cheaper to keep. Yeah, I'm a total sucker for that. If I read that in the marketing, if I see, like, like if I pay 100% today and I see 30% off next year, that really puts me in a good mood. I, I'm, I'm totally more willing to buy if I see that thing. And I, you know, what, why wouldn't the company do that? It's much harder to convert existing, uh, sorry, brand new users than it is to keep existing ones. And Michelle Frechette says, years ago, I got a lifetime bill from Elegant Themes. I still use it. I've never used support. Nice. That's cool. Okay, let's go on to the WordPressy stuff, shall we? Let's share the screen and crack on with it. Uh, was this the first one? No, I don't feel like it was. I think I've dropped an article somewhere. Never oh, no, this is. That's fine. Um, this is over on makewordpress.org, um, make.wordpress.org. It's a piece entitled What's New in Gutenberg 14.6. I'll just go through the, the bullet point items here. As you know, the block editor, a.k.a. Gutenberg, is constantly going through change. It's really different than it was just a few years ago. And I think a couple of these are really nice. I won't mention them all because some of them are just very sort of trivial and probably really edge case. But there's a variation picker for the group block placeholder. So now if you throw a group block in, you can see it on the screen, you now get some options for what that group block uh, should contain right away. So, you know, two columns or split uh, horizontally or something like that. You've seen this in products like, oh, I don't know, Cadence and so on for ages, but now it's in there. 
the ability to change your um, navigation is significantly improved, I think. This adds a list-based editing experience. So imagine a list in the WordPress block editor. You can sort of see it on the screen if I pr press play on this video. But essentially, you get a list, and it looks in, in the navigation panel, it looks just like you would see a normal list in the WordPress block editor, really. Uh, and you can drag things up and down, indent them, make them children, make them parents, and so on. So I think that's really nice. That now makes it as good as I want it to be. I can't see anything that I'm missing from that now. Uh, you can hide the block toolbar when spacing visualizer is shown. That's when you're just trying to figure out what will this look like on this width screen. The the editor panel on the right-hand side the just sort of collapses, which is strange on this screenshot. It doesn't really show that. but um, And then there's a few various other bits and pieces. I'm going to hand it to you three. I don't know if anybody's got anything to say. Feel free to just jump in, cross-talk each other. I don't mind. But if any of you have got anything about that, say it now or I'll move on. I don't know. I love Gutenberg. I'm a huge fan. I love the new additions. I love whenever they're making changes to it. We use Cadence a lot um, at Content Journey. And so and teaching that to people who have been used to classic as soon as they get in theirs. I mean, for content creators, it's been really nice. And so seeing these features that you were showing them earlier, even, um, I think it just makes it a lot more user-friendly, um, especially when we look across other CMSs. Um, I like that we're adding it in there and making it um, easier for people. Yeah, I feel like that navigation one especially just makes it like what it should be, whereas before yeah. it was difficult, to say the least. That just feels like the UI that I would have hoped for. I mean, there's probably some things that are better. One thing that I forgot to mention that was a little bit further down the, the article, there is an auto-generating color palette feature where you can click a button and it will just come up with a, there's an algorithm and I don't know what that algorithm's tuned towards, but it will just come up with a, a color palette for you. And I thought that was a nifty creation as well because I, I go to sites like Cooler all the time and just click the randomize button and just to see what comes. And so having that actually built in and see how it looks on the site that's kind of fun as well. So, James, Bob, anything on that? No, I, I, I just sympathize with anybody that's trying to keep up with Gutenberg <laughs> tutorials. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Video there's, tutorials. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, okay, in which case we'll go on. Right, this next piece. This is, I guess, I guess this probably isn't important to our audience so much, but... It's an important piece of news for the Word, the WordPress ecosystem. Um, the final release of WordPress 3.7 all the way up to 4 is happening in just a couple of days' time. That is to say that WordPress 3.7 all the way through WordPress 4.0 will no longer be updated. So for most people, let's hope you're not anywhere near those versions of WordPress at this point. But if you are, you really need to sort your stuff out and uh, get yourself on a more recent version of WordPress. The, the the real implication of this is that because it's not getting updates, it won't be patched. And so if there's some security vulnerability in there, and there will be, um, this is potentially a problem. So there will be a big message within the UI. And I think in most cases, people uh, want there to be less messaging, but this is good. The, the message is basically going to say, you know, sort it out. This is going to stop being updated. And it's really a security thing. You can't keep going back and supporting WordPress 1.2, WordPress 2.3, and so on. 
there's just too much legacy there. And especially with things like, you know, the new performance team and things like that, it must be hard even trying to keep that stuff up. So get yourself updated. Uh, again, up to you if you want to talk, but I don't think there's probably too much to discuss in there. It's just an interesting little point. If you've got any client websites on them, get them off it. Right. Okay. I will go to this one. Now, I'm hoping that we want to get deep into this conversation. I think I genuinely think this is fascinating, and I am so guilty of this. We delved into it a little bit, tiny little bit last week, and decided I wanted to go into it much more deeply this week because of a few pieces that were written. I'm just going to show you the pages to begin with, and then you can go either Google them, go and find them, or you can uh, wait till the show notes get published tomorrow because they're all about broadly the same thing. The first one is on a, uh, the wholegraindigital.com website, and it's called What Would a Sustainable WordPress Community Look Like? The next one is over at OurSustainableWP.org, and this is a very minimal site, and I would encourage you to go and have a look at this because it gives you a real sort of slideshow view of the whole enterprise. Um, we've also got an episode that I recorded with Hannah Smith from the Green Web Foundation. That, was, uh, that came out this week. And also, Bob did an episode, but a while ago now in March, so he's way ahead of the curve. He's like six to eight months ahead of me in getting on the bandwagon here called Sustainable Web Design Now and in the Future with Tom Greenwood. The whole point of this is that we as a WordPress community, we're directly involved with plugging things into the internet. We're consuming power. We're encouraging people to come to our websites and we totally have an impact. Now, when I was talking to Hannah on my podcast episode, I made the point that, and I'm sure this, I bet this is the same for so many people. I just don't equate my use of the internet with the environment and the damage that it's causing. I just see, I mean, there it is. You know, I mean, it's it's a phone. It's like clean and shiny. I don't even allow it to get dusty because it's picked up that frequently. You know, if anything gets spilled on it, it gets a polish. My computer's shiny. The, it's all it's sleek. It's just nice and sleek. Whereas the thing that I said last week, the car, there's no way if you say to me, go around the back of the car, I'm just about to start it and stick your mouth around the exhaust and uh, just breathe deeply a bit. I'm I'm not going to do it because I've connected the dots there. The car is horrific for the environment. And so I have my head around that. But the internet, not so much. And I wondered what you guys thought about this, whether this is anything that you care about, whether this is something that you want to care about but haven't. And uh, yeah, let's just open up a discussion and see where it goes. So anybody chip in and let's see where, where the conversation takes us. Yeah, when I did the interview, or was at least listened to it back in March, it yeah, it was surprising because I, I a lot of stuff I hadn't known, and the, the two things that occurred to me right when I did that was adapting this whole idea. You know, it's like look how long like accessibility and things have taken in the industry to click with people. You know. This is important. This is something we're going to have to do. And I also think it kind of wades into that space of, well, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm still going to drive my car. It's really not that big of a deal. It's, you know, I'm still going to do this. It's not that big of a deal to the environment. So it's going to be, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's eye-opening is what I found. 
Yeah. And I think that it's going to, it'll probably be like those. It'll be a slow adaptation of it. You know, I mean, people are going to, like you said, how can you look at your computer? It's, it's a real weird thing to fathom in your mind that this is doing something like, uh, I think he, in the podcast, he was comparing it to a jet flying, you know, with the emissions it sends off and stuff. And it's like people, yeah, right. My computer's doing that. Yeah. Tell me more. So it's a big, huge education process that I think is going to be, um, needed. And, and the, uh, the other interesting thing is somebody the other day heard the talk about that. In fact, I know that wordpress.org has started a channel just on sustainability. Right. And I've been kind of following that. And what a lot of people jumped on right away is, oh, they're talking about sustaining sustainability in WordPress. Does that mean financially through products, you know, how we can make a living? So everybody's been talking about that sustaining sustainability in WordPress for quite a while. And now there's sustainability in WordPress again, but a totally different subject. So it's, there's a lot of things that are going to have to kind of get sorted out and a lot of education, but I think it's definitely worth checking into. And it's anybody that hasn't checked into it. I think it's going to be an eye opener. Here's, um, here's something which Hannah said, and forgive me, Hannah, if I've got this number wrong, then it's my fault and not yours. Um, I think that she said that the internet would be the seventh biggest country um, if it were a nation in terms of its its polluting potential. Mm. And when you actually say it like that and you draw, you know, if you imagine the seven biggest polluters and you go down and number eight, it says internet, that's that suddenly makes it feel really different. And of course, at the minute, all of those countries are probably trying, mean, I don't know how successful each country is, but they're trying to do things to bring down that. This is completely a deregulated country, if you like. It's a country with no jurisdiction at all. So you can imagine in a couple of years, if those countries start to bring their emissions down and the internet just, just doesn't do anything, maybe it rises to six or five or whatever it may be. Anyway, also, I'm pretty sure she said that the internet produces more carbon than the aviation industry. And I've always got in my head that the avi- aviation industry is the supremely bad, bad actor on the planet. Like, and yet the internet is worse, she said. So, so I'm, I'm finished. You guys carry on, uh, James or Lindsay, if you've got something. I actually heard Hannah say that stat in a talk that she gave. I can't remember which WordPress thing it was, and it was astounding to me as well. Um, Cheryl and Mike Gillahan, who run Cause Labs, they went through like the certification process and became a B Corp. And I've learned so much from them. And, and like Bob was talking about, and both of you did, um, this education piece, but it's like, I think one of the questions you asked Nathan is like, do we care about it or should we? Like, I think it's something I need to care about and I do care about. Um, and like you said, it's easy for me to say, how do I drive my car less or how do I switch to more efficiencies at home and make an impact? But I didn't know that leaving a bunch of tabs open was also incredibly inefficient for the environment and was making a difference or how I'm sending them an email or how many images I'm putting in that email. Um, and I, my love of Giphy's and my Slack channel, you right. know, yeah. or, or yeah. things like that. Like I'm so guilty of, of pollution with all of my Giphy's um, not to make light of that, but all of that 
adds up exponentially across all of our gorgeous machines that we take such great care of. Cause I have tabs open on my cell phone. I have tabs open on my computer and probably on my iPad too. Right. And all of that is just sitting there doing, you know, the polluting work, right. It's, it's using energy. Um, and that exponential impact, it really is incomprehensible, I think, and how we can, we like we are all people who are making a living using the internet so we want it and we need it but at the same time if we want to take care of our planet and have it here for future generations or even for us whenever (laughs) we're still here in 50 years um then we have to make you know changes if we can and not just rely on everybody else to do that so it's kind kind of like the sorry sorry No, yeah. no, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts, isn't it? Because my contribution feels so teeny tiny that yeah. I feel almost like, well, it's all right. I'll just scroll a bit, you know, take yeah. take an example where you lose an hour on Facebook, where you just go down a rabbit hole and you lose an hour on Facebook. There's no way I'm going to go out for an hour's drive. And I'm, I'm not suggesting the two are equivalent but you take my point i would quite happily burn the carbon scrolling through facebook because i don't see the connection but if you said Mm -hmm. just go out and drive just drive for no purpose at all and so there is a bit of me which wonders if a we need to consume less and i made this point to hannah because that was what i thought the whole debate was about i thought it was we need to make everything more efficient, do less, consume less. And she was, no, no, that's not really what we're trying to say. She was trying to be much more uh, sort of sanguine about it. Her point was more, we can still have the nice, shiny things. We can still enjoy the beautiful creation that we've created, this internet. But we need to be savvy about it. We need to be better at it. We need to reduce what is being output. And we'll show that some of those ideas on the screen in a minute. But I realize, James, I've not even allowed you to get into this. And I'm sorry for that. Oh, no worries. Um, happy to, to hear everyone's thoughts. Um, I think everyone's pointed out uh, education. And I think it's like awareness. I think of um, now when I go to book a flight, I get a carbon percentage or a carbon footprint that's shown to me every time I book a flight. So I know mm. what my impact is every time I do that. And I wonder if there's opportunity within the WordPress ecosystem for us to be much more upfront about the carbon impact of the events we're running of you know what, what's the carbon impact of the latest uh build of wordpress right or the, the latest core release of, of wordpress going to be what's what's the reduction or what kind of targets are we setting we're not having those conversations that i know of at a at a broad level um, because we don't actually have an understanding of the impact so i think uh, as we've we've discussed, education and awareness is probably the first peg, right? Like just even being aware of the the carbon impact of one plugin versus another plugin. That'd be really Ooh. interesting to explore. That so I know your your thing, your bag is marketing. That that really does feel like an interesting marketing piece, doesn't it? So let's say I'm a freelancer. And I'm going out making WordPress websites. If I could get some sort of bona fide credential from, I, I don't know where I would get this. I presume no place, no vendor provides this at the moment. But if I could demonstrate categorically, provably 
that I was endeavoring to make a site um, ecologically friendly, sustainable. I was reducing the impact. I wonder how many people would take that as a metric in the as in the buying decision. You know, choosing me over another agency. I can't see it hurting, but I wonder how how persuasive it is. It, would it persuade me? I think it would. Um, if I could see that, you know, it's comparable on price, but this guy's talking about the environment. I like that. I think. What do you What do you think of that? No, that's where we're moving, mm. right? As as a as a society, as as a globe, we're we're becoming much more conscious of the fact that our planet hurts when we don't take care of it. Um, so the more we can do to to not hurt it, I think um, it's going to become more and more um, part of our decision making. We already see it, even just looking at green tech and green and the green industry, right? Like that's, there's growing clout there, there's growing opportunity. So even, um, and even as, as Lindsay was saying, you, th you think of B Corp certification as, as companies are looking to be um, purpose and profit in their approach to the way they operate um, green or, or sustainability forward companies or sustainability forward thinking is going to be much more important even for their own certification within B Corp or other organizations. Or you think of like lead scoring for buildings, right? Like we're going to have that at a, at a corporate level that's going to become important for, for companies as, as legislation comes in to regulate that. So I don't think we're far off, at least in Europe, as, a, as maybe a, a beachhead there, um, to think about um, environmental impact of all the things that impact our business. So, yeah. It's, it's Can I ask a question? Because both you, both Lindsay and James have used the word B Corp, and I don't know what that is. Um, is that like a classification? You've achieved a certain standard in well, what does it mean, really? I can explain it, but Lindsay, do you do you know? Like, go for it. Yeah, go ahead, James. You were talking. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so I I can speak about it um, from personal experience. Uh, most people may not know, but Envato, um, which is part of the WordPress ecosystem, is a certified B Corp. Um, and uh, what it is is it's a series of benchmarks that you have to meet across a variety of different areas, and one of those areas is environmental sustainability. And so huh. um, you score okay. yourself, and then you submit those scores um, to um, the B Corp certifying body, and it's an international body, and um, they have certain requirements, things like um, public or public impact statements would be an example, and you'll see that from Envato, if you go to Envato's website, that every year they have to talk about what they're doing from a sustainability point of view, from a community um, advancement point of view to, to not just be about profits, but to also be about purpose. Um, and so it's a really neat way of getting a better balance there between like just pure commercial interest and like the responsibility we have to our world as well. Um, so it's worth looking into. Uh, I think uh, even actually um, Whole Grain Digital is a uh, where this this article is coming from is a B Corp. So you can click on the B Corp link and take a look there. Okay. At, uh, yeah, what it means. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, thank you. Um, right, a couple of things. Firstly, at the risk of sounding disingenuous, I I do fully get the foot in mouth moment. Here we are talking about this on the internet. Uh, you know. <laughs> do 
uh, I don't know what to say about that, but Hannah's point made me feel like, you know, we can have some of these shiny things. Here's an idea which I think might be interesting. What if, like, say, Chrome or Google or let's say browser vendor, what if they built like a, a thing into the browser that we're using which gave you some metrics about this. Uh, so it, because, you know, if you think about Lighthouse, it's making all sorts of um, computations about how long things are taking to load, core web vitals, and all this kind of stuff. Now, the metrics might not be perfect, but at least they would give you some indication of what's flying across the wire and point that towards the users of websites. And in that way, maybe, maybe outrage is the wrong word. We don't want to create outrage, but at least people would see, well, I've got the red symbol on, I don't know, wpbuilds.com. But if I go over to do the woo.io, it's all green um, because they've done the work at optimizing the images. They've done the blah, 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 blah. And in some, so there's like a public shaming aspect to that, but also in the WordPress backend so that there was some equivalent. We talked very briefly about this last week so that you could, um, yeah, have a similar experience. If you're creating a page and editing a page and putting a video on there and it all starts to add up and eventually you get like the Yoast traffic light score thing saying this page is now, sorry guys, you're in the red. The browsers are going to show this as a as a nasty page, not a good page. So there's just some some thoughts that I, I raised last week. Yeah, I think that um, the public shaming, I mean, it's no different than you really think of the environmental stuff that's going on now. We all know what cars do what you know other stuff does so if you take it to the internet and you're showing people whether through the products or through the browsers that you know this and maybe it's optional maybe you don't have to see that whatever the case is it's just going to be like the public's doing with any environmental thing right now there's going to be a chunk of people that really give a damn and there's going to be a chunk of people that just say oh yeah whatever but that chunk of people that give a damn would probably be enough to impact what's going on. Yeah. But also imagine that Google took a position on this and I'm please I'm not advocating this because I know the backlash that we that Google would definitely face. But imagine if a metric was that was carbon. It's like, you know, your page is really awful you're just going to sink lower down can you imagine how quick we'd all change if i mean it'd be like within a month we'd all be worrying about it there'd be summits and podcast episodes made about it we'd all be upskilling ourselves uh pretty darn quickly there's a few comments come in which i think would be nice to show here first of all mark uh, westgard from ws form thank you mark for joining us data center pollution is expected to grow 14 percent of the world's carbon emissions to grow two 14% of the world's carbon emissions as much as the United States. <gasps> is that, is really, is that right? As much as the United States of America by 2040. Blimey neck, Mark. If that's true, that's, that's much worse than I'd actually feared. That's astonishing. Thank you for that. Um, Mark Marcus Burnett from GoDaddy. There's a bit of an addiction mentality too, I think. I know soda is bad for me, but I drink it because I really enjoy it. It's hard to disconnect for lengthy periods of time. Yeah, we have been, we have been, you know, like before social, I was on the internet for work and, and, you know, the buying stuff or Google searching. Now I'm just consuming carbon just for kicks really uh, and uh, as is everybody essentially watching this sorry um and then he also goes on to say plus we as people tend to be okay with consequences far enough into the future we'll deal with the problem when it gets here 
like my inevitable soda health complications. Yeah, I feel the prism of children having a family really changed that metric for me. As soon as my kids came along, there was an awful lot of stuff that made me feel a bit different about the environmental debate. So, yeah, thank you, Marcus, for those comments, and thank you, uh, Mark, as well. I'm going to put the screen back on and just go through these articles because... What we're not saying, or sorry, what the people who've written these posts are not saying is, here's the answers, guys. Here's what we need to do. We're far from the answers. This is very much, goddamn, we've got a problem. How are we going to fix it? What what at all can we do? So, I'll, like I said, I'll link to this in the show notes, but uh, Whole Grain Digital are basically saying, you know, we need to collaborate with other, we've got the technology and so on and so forth. Um, we need to maybe cut down on things like event use. I thought this was really interesting because I, I know I attend WordPress events. Do we need swag? Uh, do we need to go to events that are far away and therefore use um, aviation? And I know that it's not necessarily connected, but the community, the WordPress community, this is not just about the bits flying across the internet. Uh, avoid swag, serve plant-based food even, were some suggestions there. And then this piece, which is what could the sustainability initiative for WordPress be like? Um, they're just sort of trying to lay out what the what the ideas might be. And they're very much saying that it's an idea. There's no sort of absolute runaway targets here. But they're saying, first of all, take it as read that the environment is changing. If you don't believe that, then, okay, I haven't even got anything to say to you. Um, I think we just have to assume that that's true. And then put all your politics away. Let's just see what we can do. And these are the four areas that they that this project thinks it might be possible to work in. Uh, the Community Collaboration Sustainability Fund. That's quite an interesting one. And a CMS that relies on sustainability. Uh, so the first one, our community knows about digital sustainability. I'm just going to quote because I like this page. Free accessible education from trusted sources enables the community to learn about the broad, often complex subject of digital sustainability. So basically, more education. And there's a link there to digitalcollege.org. I confess I haven't clicked on that link, so I don't know where it goes. Uh, number two, collaborate and gather sustainably. The way our community works together online or in real life are sustainable by default. Our core tools are chosen because they meet sustainability guidelines. Number three, a sustainability fund. No barriers to participation for individuals from diverse backgrounds. So that's a real different part of sustainability that we didn't even get into. And finally, the bit that we've been talking about most, uh, a sustainable CMS. So WordPress doing its job, cutting down the amount that we do. There was talk in the uh, post that um, Hannah Smith contributed to that wouldn't it be nice to have like a, a default super lean theme for WordPress? Anyway, there we go. I've, uh, I think I've run my course on that unless you guys have got anything that you think we missed. When you said swag, though, did anyone see Pressable's um, WordCamp US booth? It was good, wasn't they it? Yeah, they didn't do swag. Instead, yeah. you got to vote for the charity that you wanted to donate to. They went, we're gonna, we were going to spend this amount of money. Why don't we donate it? So they chose three or four different places, and your swag was donating to the charity of your choice. And so they ended up donating thousands of dollars um, at an event that was really you know important for them to be at. But it got people to go over there and be like, oh, I want it to go to the place I wanted to go to and like, it's brilliant. And I don't think anyone missed having a pressable t-shirt. 
And so, you know, Jessica Frick and the team over there, um, you know, I applaud them for thinking outside of the box and, you know, going right into this sustainability space, but also leaning into just a really creative, um, intelligent marketing tactic at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had people talking about them and, and knowing that they had their hearts in the right place for the community. As a body of software, there is quite a lot that we can do, isn't there? You've mentioned the community there, but you know, if we if we do have a, a lean default theme, if we cut down the amount of images we use, if we source um, carbon free, and I really don't know the, what that phrase actually means. I use it all the time, but I don't really understand it. Carbon free hosting um, and all of those kind of things. I, th I think there is. I think there is work that we could do, and credentials that we could have to keep ourselves in work. We're not trying to get rid of the internet. And Michelle Frechette, what a comment. I love this. How like interesting is that? Once upon a time, email was saving trees. That's so true. And we've gone like full circle here, haven't we? We've just got down the rabbit hole of the internet. When email was saving trees, like nobody was using mobile phones, were you? It was like, turn the computer on, do 10 minutes stuff, turn it off again. Now it's like, 8.30 in the morning with your morning coffee, <laughs> turn the computer on, go to bed at night, probably don't turn it off, maybe do. That's another thing with the hosting, right? You imagine the hosting that you're purchasing. My computer, when I'm finished here tonight, it's going off. I'm going to switch it off and leave it on the desk. My hosting is not. <laughs> That's staying on. Uh, what's the point of having a website which goes to bed at the same time as me? So anyway, there you go. Mm. I think I think there's some interesting things too, like just on that that one comment from Michelle of like, there was a time as well where we used to delete all our emails, right? Yeah. So they weren't yeah. saved. And then Google with Gmail came around and said, never delete an email again. We'll keep it forever, yeah. right? Yeah. I, um, iPhoto, right, is um, your photo stream forever, right? Um, so think about, that has to live somewhere, has to be stored somewhere, whether that's passive or active storage, right? It's got to be maintained. Energy consumption is going to happen. So our, our, I wonder, here, you know, like if our, if our digital, um, you know, uh, need to just keep everything and not get rid of anything, right, is sort of also contributing to this a little bit i give yeah. up my car to not have to delete emails <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a really interesting thought about it. <laughs> I, I i have no conception of i think the only thing which i wanted in perpetuity was photographs prior mm. to the internet like if i took photographs that was basically it you know every piece of paper that came through the door well nobody recycled anyway we were just shoving it all in the bin uh, the trash um, but the, the photos got kept because there was just something wonderful about looking back on your own life and your kids' lives and all that. But now you're right. I'm, I'm like habitual in keeping everything now. Like nothing is going to be destroyed. I, I fully think I could do a better job with that. So I was talking to somebody a little while ago. I use Evernote. I really like that service. And I've totally got into the, you know, if a bank document arrives, I'm going to photograph it, keep it in Evernote and trash the original. What the actual am I doing there? Just keeping a meaningless document, which I'll never look at again for no good reason. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, or all those photos you accidentally took of somebody's foot. 
You know, yes. you just, oh, I'm not going to delete it. It's just, it's too much work. So you go through and there's 900 of those. Yeah. I've got so many of you, Bob. There's just no point. I know. That's it. You know, I, I delete, delete. <laughs> or when the kids, or when the kids take the iPad and decide that, you know, Sesame yeah. Street screenshots um, times a thousand is the most yeah. important thing. Do you know, yeah. this This is a really interesting point as well, and it makes me feel like a bad parent, and forgive me for what I'm about to say, but um, I really don't think I have done an, a job of educating my kids about this. They've been born into a world where the internet was always on. We've had like broadband, as we call it over here. I don't know if you call it the same. So like a fairly fast internet connection from the moment my first child was born everything switched on all the time they i don't think i think they're worse at connecting it than i am and they are the next generation and i think getting the kids involved with this and explaining as you just said don't take a picture on the ipad of something ephemeral on sesame street do you really need it and the answer is no and i've done none of that and I'm going to well, well up our now. parents. Yeah. And our <laughs> parents didn't tell us to not drive everywhere, you yep. know? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So, okay. you know, yeah, it's yeah. like we grew up around cars and yep. I walked two blocks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a few comments come in. Firstly, Jess Frick uh, in reply to Lindsay, just saying she loves that. I presume it's in reply to that. Oh, no, it looks like it's coming from the comment uh, prior to that. Uh, so Lindsay mentioned Pressable and their initiative at WordCamp US of not giving swag. You put basically little paper dollar bills into a into a, tr a tray, shall we say, and the, the more that went into a particular tray, that tray's charity would get the money. And I don't know how that all worked out in the end. Wait, but, they uh, used paper? Was it 100 I was just going to say. <laughs> it was small bits of paper. Uh, so, let, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they could and have had an online survey, couldn't things. they? <laughs> 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 you got to do it somehow. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. Um, so she says, thank you. That's great. So uh, Max, hello, Max. He says he tried to imagine a world without internet. Suddenly was thinking about yellow pages and telephone books. Yeah, I imagine if the internet stopped tomorrow, I genuinely have no idea what my life would look like, particularly because I am online all the time. It is my job. I suspect that my wife would be way more acclimatized to that sort of normal life, but it would really impact me. Um, <laughs> Marcus says uh, hosting downtime is now a sustainability feature. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> That's right. We have 10% downtime every every site. Last week, we featured a website in Barcelona that is powered by a solar panel. And when mm. the website, when the sun doesn't shine, so the sun is charging a battery, when the sun doesn't shine, the battery gets drained. And as soon as the battery's on zero, the server collapses um, and the website just goes offline. So the message on the website basically says, you know, this website won't be here possibly next time you come back. But, you know, this is what we're doing. And then the sun charges the battery. Once, once there's enough power, the software kicks itself into life and off we go. It was just an interesting take. They're not, it was a project. They weren't, that wasn't their commercial um, website. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> hosting as a feature. Um, and Peter saying it's so complicated. I'm on the internet all day but I no longer spend two hours a day commuting to and from work. Okay, maybe that's a win. Probably is. Um, yeah, interesting. Da, da, da. <laughs> lots, of, lots of nice comments about Marcus's comment about server features as a, down, a downtime. Oh, she says it's recycled paper. There you go <laughs> for the win. 
Mm, Max, my parents were totally paranoid of the census. Funny how now shared documents on Evernote. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's all changed. And then everybody's saying hello to everybody else. Okay. So I just want to say before we move off of this, that swag is a really, really interesting topic, I think, for just ongoing conversation. Because it really is. It's the intersection of... Um, sustainability, accessibility, and diversity. Because when you think about what the traditional swag is, you know, like, you know, it's carbon heavy, it doesn't work for diverse body types, it often, you know, gets recycled or, or disposed in ways that has impact around the world. Like, there's just so much conversation around swag, we probably can and should have, but... Well, yeah. definitely interesting that Lindsay's memory of well, one of Lindsay's memories of WordCamp US is that is that lack of swag. Mm. So that that's really ingenious. Yeah, I I, t I I made the mistake going to my first few WordCamps of doing that thing that you I would imagine most people do typically is just like you fill the suitcase and then you get home and you sort of filled with what that what was I even doing? Um, I'll never wear mm. that. That's not even the right size. That cup is not even, you know, you can't put it through the dishwasher, whatever, you get the point. Yeah, some and of now, it doesn't even make it beyond the hotel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you are right, and that's just ridiculous. Now, for me, it's more like this stuff. It's more like I pick up the pad of paper, which I'm hoping is going to be recyclable. Maybe the odd cup. I confess I was quite taken by there was a lovely cup that I got this year at WordCamp US. No companies mentioned, but it's become my default cup for consuming everything anyway thank you uh james that's a really good point i feel like we're going to come back to this conversation a lot more we we do have these sort of cycles don't we we had core web vitals a few years ago diversity has now taken a massive step forward accessibility and now sustainability yeah thank you for your contributions in that right let me uh let me move it on from one thing to another uh let's all go to new york no some of us can go. To uh, I was just thinking I'm flying there on a plane across the U.S. for a four or five hour event. Yeah. Now, yeah, now so I feel I, I feel terrible. This was perfect segue into this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel terrible. Uh, oh, dear. Um, but and, and it was a perfect segue. Let's do the news behind it first. Then we'll do the sustainability piece. So state of the word, Matt Mullenweg, co-founder of WordPress, each year does an address. My understanding is that uh, last year, Bob, you went to that event. It was a standalone event in New York, but that was because of the pandemic. Maybe that's now a new direction that we're taking. So it's not connected to a word camp. You were able to sort of invite yourself um, if you could commit to going and you were able to go to New York on the following day. But basically, here it is. We get Matt's take on what's happened in WordPress in the last year and what's coming. It tends to be in WordPress, at least anyway, it's one of those sort of big, um, big events. Lots of people sort of go onto Twitter and talk about what he said. I, I don't know of any surprises that are coming. I've not heard anything on the grapevine. I think he'll just be summing up what um you know what's coming with uh concurrent editing i would imagine and also full site editing um but the date if you want to mark it in your calendars is the 15th of december uh 2022 they had really limited numbers bob so i guess if you're going at least you are only one of a few people i don't know what the exact numbers were i'm trying to make you feel better i don't yeah, know if it's working yeah. No, it's yeah, I don't know if it really, the, you know, they just, 
Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly how many were there last year, and I'm sure that people, you know, yeah, it's it's quite a um, uh, commitment and stuff. I, I I just enjoyed seeing some of the people, hearing that, and um, yeah, it's it's not you know for a lot of people. Well, go back to that sustainability thing. You know, a lot of people will be watching it on the internet. Yep, uh, and um, you know, we can't get away from that. So. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a fun event if you're able to, especially if you live closer. Not crazy like me flying across the states. At least I'm not taking a train this time. I could hitchhike, <laughs> do somersaults across the plains. I don't know. But That's um, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, definitely if you're you know closer, you know, it'd be worth um, checking it out. And yeah, you get to see some of the people in the space. And I know they're going to have some contributors there. So it's always cool to meet up with some of them, some of the people that are doing the work behind the scenes. Yeah, Hannah's point in the podcast episode I did about sustainability was that the the, the purpose of all of this initiative is not to feel bad. It is to discover new, clever, thoughtful ways of making ourselves able to carry on doing some of the joyous things that we are doing. So I'm sorry, Bob, if I <laughs> sort of turned that, <laughs> turn that around. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there you go. WordCamp, uh, sorry, state the word 2022, stick it in your diary. Uh, links, as always, will be in the show notes. There's a nice new developer blog on um, on WordPress. Uh, Birgit Pauli-Hack, who's a frequent guest on this show, she has written an article about it. It's going to be the new online home for all WordPress developer documents. At the moment, it's pretty Spartan because it's new. Um, but I like the design, I've got to say. I think it looks really nice. This is it, if you're looking on the screen. It's kind of got that new WordPress uh, blue theme going on. It's I just I like it. I like the typography. I like all of it, to be honest. And you can find it at developer.wordpress.org. And I'm linking to the news page, which is developer.wordpress.org forward slash news. And if you go there, you'll be able to see a growing list of articles, um, one of which was this one by the fine and mighty Justin Tadlock. Um, he's written a piece called uh, Creating Themes from a Pattern-First Mindset. I'm going to link to this in the show notes, but because of time, um, we've only got about 20 minutes left. I'm not going to deep, deep dive into it. Maybe I'll save it for another week. But he's talking in this article about how he thinks um, block patterns uh, are a perfect mechanism for building out your block-based themes. If you're considering the move over to block-based themes, he's, uh, he's encouraging people to look at his patterns approach. And, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. And from a sustainability point of view, uh, the whole dry methodology, don't repeat yourself, he makes the point that he's really, typically, he, he would be able to get 33 lines of code in a normal theme down to three. So, you know... That's not a bad investment in time, is it, if we coincidentally talk about sustainability again. Any of you guys want to talk about that, or shall I just crack on? You know, the only thing I'd add is that I, I talked to, we talked to a lot of developers on the podcast, and I've heard this from many a mouths as far as patterns being the thing. A lot of them just kept saying, as far as themes, keep your eyes out on patterns. This is a direction. And so, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I'm using patterns a lot um, now in that I've got a, a pattern for everything that I do on WP Builds. So, you know, I've got the pattern for the post. I've got the pattern for the, the newsletter and so on. And, and it's great. You just click a add button, find the drop down, 
And uh, there it is. And it's just it's such a simple, unique little way of doing it. If you haven't played with them, it's really cool. It takes a bit of getting used to, but once you made them and uh, made the effort to build them up, it's really fabulous. Right. What have we got here? Let's have a look, see if there's any comments coming in. Da, 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 da. Uh, where did we get to? Oh, it's limited. There you go. That's Michelle's take on uh, State of the Word. It's limited to 50 people, Bob, so it's going to be a really, really small event. Just seeing if there's anything. I spy. What's that? I spy a lot. Mastodon, your live stream footer there. Cracking platform. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lee. Um, right. Let's move on. Right. Next one. Okay, this is my uh, weekly now, it seems, dig into all things Fediverse and ex, you know, all hail Mastodon. This is where, where Bob basically leaves the screen. Uh, <laughs> Bob and I have been having a chat about Mastodon uh, over on Slack recently, and uh, we're curiously not on Mastodon, which is kind of interesting. If you have any um, any ideas around doing your social, not on the traditional platforms, aka Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, and so on, um, it would it really would appear that there is a bit of a groundswell. I'm not saying it's a tidal wave; it's more like a fairly decent sized ripple um which has got people leaving those platforms and trying things out now again i'm not saying that people are jettisoning those platforms and closing down their accounts but i have seen over on mastodon at least quite a lot of people uh joining and and it's opened up lots of conversation around whether or not we 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 should really get back to a more open web. I feel this conversation never went away for our community because we've always been banging on about the GPL, about the fact that WordPress is open. But I, I suspect that the vast majority of internet users haven't given this a moment's thought in a decade or more. It's just, well, I just use Facebook, don't I? What, what, what else would I bother with? You know, it works. Everybody's on it. And um, and so Michelle, sorry, um, Sarah nearly said Michelle Frechette over on WP Tavern. Sarah Gooding over on WP Tavern has, wrote, uh, has written a piece called Dig Into the Open Web. And over there, uh, she talks about the fact that this conversation seems to be coming back to life. Um, Matt Mullenweg, the co-founder of WordPress, we mentioned him a moment ago, he has put out a tweet saying that they are uh, going to be supporting the protocol behind Mastodon, which is called ActivityPub, they're going to be adding that into Tumblr. They don't say when or how quickly, but they are hiring. And the reason that he posted this was because somebody said, looks like everybody at Automatic has, sorry, all hiring at Automatic has stopped. And Matt said, no, we're definitely hiring, but we're moving to a more generic entry point rather than listing out individual jobs, which now have a lot of regulations across states and countries. In particular, I'd say people leaving at Twitter, so people leaving jobs at Twitter, we're putting on a fast track to see if we can get, sorry, to see how they can help supercharge Tumblr. We can't absorb thousands of people, but I'd be open to hiring entire teams if they already work great together. Um, and if you don't know what the Fediverse is, it's basically 
uh, a bunch of open protocols which talk to each other. In other words, if you're using Mastodon, it'll talk in the future, hopefully, to Tumblr. You'll be able to follow people on Tumblr. They'll be able to follow you on Mastodon. And there's a whole bunch of other pieces of software like um, PixelFed, which is like Mastodon, but for posting images. So think Instagram. And there's one called PeerTube as well, which is like, think YouTube. Um, and I just think the time is right for this. I know I keep banging on about this, but I really like it. In my Mastodon, there's no algorithm. The feed comes in as I expect it. It's time-based. There's no sort of algo saying, here's an ad. You haven't had an ad for a while, have you, Nathan? Fancy a, don't know, some Black Friday deal. None of that. And I really, really appreciate it. So I'm going to, having wound Bob up, <laughs> I'm going uh, to let him go. You've had real problems yeah. with that, Bob. You, haven't you know, I, I just, um, you know, the UI. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was... It was quite a learning curve and, you know, I'm, I'm adapting to it. And as I look at it and as I see, basically, I mean, there's Mastodon, but, you know, everybody from Twitter is also going to, I can't name the other three or four, but there's, it's basically being fragmented all over at different, you know, different platforms. So that's another whole thing. And different audiences, I see certain people, you know, kind of the developers are going to Mastodon, the real techie people. Some of the other people that are maybe more into marketing Social might be going to, I can't remember the other, there's probably two or three other names. So I think it's kind of odd that way because there seems to be a little bit of fragmentation, which is fine, you know, whatever. Um, the The concept behind Mastodon I like. And yeah. I like this conversation yeah. where it's going now. The focus just on Mastodon just was overwhelming to me and was like, okay, I go in there, I don't see the um, excitement that everybody else is seeing, but I like the idea, the bigger picture. So as I've done over the years, forever and ever since social media has been on, I still have my foot in Twitter. I still have my foot in a lot of places. I'm not opening it up and, you know, all these new accounts on all these new platforms. I'm just kind of sitting back and watching and I'm, I've started to get a little more, bit more involved with Mastodon. I, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I think there's, potential and i'm kind of riding that wave like i always have and i mm -hmm. think there's things that are going to happen and you know i think it's good i like the idea of it it's yeah. just i think people are kind of freaking out right now and doing abrupt decisions and it's like my god you know the world is ending here and you know me i'm just like hey you know i'm here i'm there i'm just i'm just kind of sitting back and watching and using yeah. it however it works for me and for the people that are still on the platforms wherever I am. What about you two, Lindsay and James? I've no idea because I haven't spoken to you for a while, but um, or in Lindsay's case, more or less ever. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this? You know, did, did, has, this, has this interest captured you? Have you made any attempt to try out these new federated technologies or is it just like, nah, not interested? Well, even as Bob was talking just now, I was thinking Enneagram types as they respond to Twitter, like people who are like, I'm out, right? Like those are our sixes who are like scared of, of, of the world ending and, and moving on. Um, but anyway, that's another conversation as well. Um, but for me, where we stand and where I stand personally, I guess, with my Twitter usage, it was a really fun social network. I really like it. It's where my WordPress community is. It's not really where I'm building business. 
It's not really where my clients are building business. And so for me, it hasn't been a reactionary of like, oh my gosh, where do we go find this next place? Um, so I haven't needed to do that or necessarily needed to do that on the behalf of someone else. Um, because we build business and social networks and in uh, different social networks than Twitter. Um, as far as that's concerned, I see all the talk of Mastodon. I see a lot of jokes about op an open source social community, um, and people learning about, you know, um, watching people that you like build something that maybe doesn't work perfectly. And so you're polite and don't say anything about it. Right. Um, <laughs> those types of things. Um, and so that probably isn't my social space. Um, I, I don't know, like maybe I'll figure out this whole server thing. I see people talking about it and post out of Slack and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll dip my toe there, but I don't know if that's my people necessarily. Here's a thought, so, Lindsay, just, yeah. just interrupting yeah. you. Sorry. Is, I think the um, it, it truly, I feel, is a better place for social than it is for business. Uh, that it, What I mean by that is you can't pay your way into the feed. So you can't just sort of yeah. interrupt and say, look, we're going to give you $10,000. Can you serve up hundreds of ads over the next week or so? There's none of that. But also you can't search for things. So, for example, let's say that you were putting out content journey. The only things you can really search for are hashtags. And... Obviously, I could block particular hashtags. So it, it really does feel like it, it, I kind of get the sense that it's going to be kind of anti-commercial. That could be completely wrong. Maybe somebody will fork the software and come up with an implementation where all of that's possible. But it does feel like it's going to be much more of a social experience. You know, in other words, it's just I'm hanging out and now I'm thinking about sustainability again. <laughs> there you go <laughs> full circle back to oh, that over and over yeah again. it's a puzzle right yeah. uh, James what are your thoughts uh, it's that I... yeah that's the <laughs> <laughs> that's the meme the meme of the episode right yeah. there uh, <laughs> I, I am not on Mastodon um, um, I think I don't, it's not a negative thing against Mastodon. I just don't necessarily buy into the Twitter doom and gloom um, yeah. that is sort of leading to it. Um, if I put a different hat on, uh, the the New York Times this weekend did an article on Tumblr um, and uh, talking about the exodus from Twitter to Tumblr and what that means for the existing communities that are on Tumblr. And it got me reflecting a little bit about what has made WordPress so successful as an open source platform and it's its open community as well. And if we're going to see any kind of traction with any platform or any move toward um, open social, it has to be accompanied by open community. Um, and until we have a space where, where that exists, I think... I think we're just going to see people stick with what they have. Um, mm. But I will say we already have in the WordPress ecosystem a little bit of that with Gravatar, right? We have some of these mm. patterns that exist where, you know, what you create in one space follows you anywhere you go. So, you know, maybe there's any opportunity there for, for Gravatar to expand beyond pictures into text um, and yeah, seeing what that looks like. I really hadn't thought about that. I, I just really like the idea that my open CMS of choice, WordPress, 
um, in the future may well have activity pub built into it. Now, there's no word on mm. that. That's just where I would like it to go. And that then it could post to social and I could consume social into my WordPress website. And all of a sudden it ha- has this angle to it. Maybe I don't want that. I just want a, a website and it, a little silo all by itself. But having those kind of social interactions, everybody loves the whole social thing on the internet. There's very few people I know who are not into it in some way, shape or form. It just does feel a little bit different. And my feed, one of the things that I do, and I know Bob does it as well, is that I follow the WordPress hashtag. And right now, that's great because the critical mass, it's not in the millions. It's like, you know, there must be several dozen posts in there a day. And and it's nice and quiet and you get to read it without it. So, you know, scroll down. It's like 25 a minute. So it's calmer. It feels like a, just a different setup. I, I would encourage anybody who hasn't got an account, go and explore it. Don't expect it to be like Twitter elsewhere because it isn't. Bob can tell you about that. I just have good feelings about it. And it gives me, I just like the idea of something being open. We're not, um, hopefully it can't go bankrupt in the same way, which, you know, I think that word has actually exited Elon Musk's mouth at some point. It is possible for Twitter to become insolvent and, you know, nobody wants that, but nevertheless, hopefully Mastodon, because of the federated nature of it, that couldn't happen. Okay, thank you for that. Um, let's see if there's any comments about there. Yeah, Max saying that we could put Activity Pub in and it would be a good hub for WordPress, could be a good hub for federated nodes. Um, Activity Pub allows people to follow across different platforms. So if Tumblr supports it, I can see somehow via, see someone via my Mastodon. That's right, yeah. You get to choose where you consume your content, but the content all comes in regardless of where it's made. Very excited. Thank you. I guess that's Lee Jackson who has one his thing, own. One thing to consider um, in that, and, and I think one of the challenges we have is um, the echo chamber of our own opinions, right? So if you look at um the benefits of these these you know town square type environments like twitter it's that you get the ability to have multiple diverse opinions shared and communicated and spread not everything's positive i i get that but um one worry would be that if you're moving toward owned audiences and more self-directed or self um, self-leading um, communities like that, that you actually um, remove the diversity of thought, you remove the diversity of, of opinion. And what you end up with is people who look and sound like you um, and agree mm. with everything that you say. Um, so there's something to consider at scale with these these kinds of tools um, is that without that that openness to community and diversity and, and diverse thought, um, we could be actually perpetuating some of the things that Twitter has been trying to be and deal with. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and I've, I, I think all of that, all of those uh, weeds are starting to grow. Even on the Mastodon side, there's been some news recently about those kind of things developing. You know, people essentially being told, "Well, if you don't like the kind of conversation." over here go and join another instance it's kind of okay that's that's an interesting approach humans (sighs) it's it's the old get off my lawn type that's right yeah basically my server follow the rules uh i'm not going to share what i shared with you bob but that was quite funny somebody uh on twitter 
I'm not even going to carry that sentence off. Right. Uh, Okay. I'm going to share a couple of things on the screen that Bob wanted to share. Firstly, this one. I realize we're running short of time, Bob. I'm sorry about that. We'll go through this reasonably quickly. So first one, this is WordCamp EU 2023. Do you want to introduce this or shall I just... Yeah, it's just showing the organizers for WordCamp EU. And I guess every time something comes out like this for a flagship... WordCamp, I'm always amazed at the, you know, the force behind it, you know, what it really takes and all the volunteer hours and stuff. And it just, you know, just looking through that gives you a good idea of exactly what it takes to put on that big of a WordCamp. I'm going to scroll through. So this is the list of organizers, three side by side. And I'm going to scroll through with my uh, Mac trackpad. I'm going to do it as fast as I can. Right. Let's just see how quickly I can get through. So this is the the organizers announced already for WordCamp US 2023. And on your marks, get set, go. Right. Hang on. Oh, it's stalled. Right. Go, 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 go. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I realized that didn't do anybody any justice, but there's (laughs) dozens and dozens of people. So I applaud you. Thank you. Having been to quite a few of these big uh, WordCamp events, I am staggered that they are of the quality that they are, and they are largely run by volunteers. So, yeah, thanks, Bob. And there was an ancillary to that you wanted me to post here. Uh, how to own your own expertise and start speaking at WordPress events, hashtag WP Diversity. Over to you, Bob. Yes, again, um, this is on the WordPress, make WordPress uh, Slack channel. They have a diversity channel, and they do these events. And, and they're really... <laughs> It's pretty amazing the extent they go to not only do these events and help people, but follow up. They have mentors. If you need, you know, questions on, they, they'll actually do it on Slack even. They have these in-person, I mean, these online events, which is amazing. And they walk through and they're pretty intensive, but they also have a lot of follow-up too through the Slack. So if you're even having difficulty coming up with an idea or, um, you know, you have any hesitancy at all for speaking there's just a there's a there's a lot of resources there to help you so i think that anybody that's been kind of wanting to do this should check out this and like like i said um building the diversity and trying to get that more encompassed in the space uh yeah there's there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about and i i follow a lot of these channels on the wordpress slack and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing, a lot of the people that are doing this stuff. I will link to this in the show notes, which will come out tomorrow. But the, the time and the place is online, uh, Wednesday the 7th of December 2022. And it says, to paraphrase, does the thought of speaking at one of the WordPress meetups or WordCamps intrigue you? Do you identify as a person from a large, marginalized or underrepresented identity who is thinking about speaking at a WordPress event? I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, do you think you don't know or haven't anything worth speaking about? The Diverse Speaker Training Group invites you to join us for a workshop in a fun and interactive transformational watch party. I think the idea is to remove fear and to give people confidence if they've got the notion that they would like to speak, but don't feel they're quite there yet. So hopefully that's a good event. Again, links in the show notes. And finally, to all of those people who bought Amazon Alexa devices in their Black Friday mad sale, 
Amazon Alexa is a colossal failure <laughs> on pace to lose $10 billion this year. I just fully assumed that these voice-activated devices were just an out-and-out success. But apparently, uh, Amazon, when it initially launched the devices, you know, if you go back like five years, everybody was talking about how this was going to transform the internet. We're going to talk to our devices. Turns out the vast, vast majority of us do little more than ask it to play a song turn on a light or you know do something like say what the capital of Ula, uh, what the capital of i don't know madagascar is those kind of questions and amazon cannot monetize what time is it in china there's just no way apart from shoving ads in and as soon as they shove ads in your audio feed i know for a fact 90% of the people are just going to switch that sucker off um, and so the question now, the genuine question is being raised, is this going to go away on the Amazon side? Now, I feel like Google and Apple have got a bit more skin in the game because, you know, you've got the voice assistant built into the phone, which follows you around. So you may wish to do that. You, you know, you might want to ask the maps something when you're out and about. But still, Google are posting similar concerns right at the bottom of this article. It basically says Google have got the same kind of problems. So we've been led up the garden path, I feel, a little bit. I've just, like I said, I've bought loads of the devices. I'm going to chuck them in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Amazon said something, I don't know, maybe six months ago about um, an elder care integration that they were working towards. And so we have an aging population, right? We have a speaking but specifically US-based. Um, I have a father with multiple sclerosis. And one of the first things that we did for him was put all of those Echo Dots all through the house. And huh. everything's on. He can turn on his lights. He can turn on and off his television. He can do everything all with voice commands. And we also have his emergency um, bracelet connected to his Amazon. And this is before huh. Amazon is releasing their own integration in that space and so as soon as you mention this my thought is i wonder if that new space they're moving to and there's an article that i read somewhere that's in probably in an open tab oh, sorry sustainability yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. but just kidding um but uh that talked about this new service that they're doing so i wonder if that's part of saving that revenue is moving into this new area area because sure my kids we're doing the capital of the whatever it's our kitchen timer it's that but for my father and for other you know um, elders or even younger people in my life that need that accessibility piece it is a phenomenally life-changing and freeing for my dad to know that someone's at the front door and to say, hey, Alexa, turn on the front porch lights. And then it does, right? Um, and having all of that being voice commands. And so that's something I think that could potentially save their revenue future. I had, and I think it's an important part of life. I had no conception of that and that scenario just explains why this stuff probably now that it's here we need to make it be a, uh, wow okay mm. so it's i mean for me it's a gimmick right but for your father it's transformational right. huh. absolutely so for per people with disabilities the connections that it can make and do to allow that you know the accessibility pieces. I mean, he changes the tel the television um, with his Alexa commands, and so um, I think it, as more and more people are open to that usage, I hope they don't go away. So Michelle Frechette 
uh, in the comments says she uses Alexa for the same reasons. It's amazing for those of us with disabilities. Wow, just what a... I just need to be schooled about so many things. That, that's really interesting. So this is concerning, right? If Amazon are posting 10... I mean, you can't lose 10 billion a year, year on year. This has to be figured out, right? If we've If they've promised this... Well, I don't know. It's a commercial thing, isn't it? But it would be interesting to see if there's a layer of subscriptions that could go on top, which could then trickle down into into Amazon's coffers, if you know what I mean, like the services that you yeah, were talking absolutely. about, if you could pay them I mean, a subscription fee. Yeah. Keep in mind that Amazon historically is not profitable and does that intentionally. It's a business practice of them to take on these kinds of big challenges and play it out. Obviously, you can't do it forever. I mean, ten billion in losses is not something sustainable that you can just keep going. But it doesn't scare me as much, maybe as as it might if it was from a different company. Like if Elon came and said, "Hey, I'm taking over <laughs> Amazon and it's losing ten billion. So one of the pieces of low hanging fruit, I think, is that the they sell the hardware at cost. Yeah. So, you know, those deals, I mean, uh, 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 Black Friday, I think the, the mini one, that I think it's called the Dot or something like that, I think it was mm. £19. Mm. I mean, I couldn't even buy an equivalent-sized piece of wood for that amount of money, and yet it was being offered. And so maybe maybe there's profit to be made. Maybe they need to experiment with, is the actual tech inside of it worth more than you know, $49 or 19 on Black Friday. Maybe it's more like 200 with a voice subscription. You know, if you like the voice thing, give us $5 a month and you can have all the voice you like. But yeah, Well, I think you you pointed it out. I think part part of the issue is people don't even know what they can do with the, with yeah. the devices, yeah. right? Yeah. So the first hurdle they're trying to get over is let's get, let's just get these things into as many houses and into as many rooms as possible because outside of all of the data collection that we can do and the, the, the learning that we can do, we at least get people experimenting or getting accustomed to checking the weather, you know, checking the time, doing those kinds of things using their voice. Once that becomes this established UX pattern that everybody is accustomed to and using over and over again, then it becomes, you know, like, hey, you know, Alexa starts prompting you. Hey, by the way, did you know you can use me for this? Hey, by the way, did you know you can use me for that? Um, and that starts to open the floodgates because we are still in a people don't read culture here, unfortunately. So no, everyone's going to buy the device and just assume they can use it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that guided experience of, of growth will lead to the revenue. It's just a bit maybe more of a longer play than right. Amazon maybe expected. I'm really sorry. Yeah, Nathan, you're putting all those speakers in your yeah. rooms for... Songs, well, so, so firstly, <laughs> can, can I just say a couple of things? Firstly, we've overrun. I'm sorry. If any of you need to leave, oh, feel free to leave. If you want to carry on for a couple of minutes, I'm game. Um, but it, for, so for that, I should say thank you to all of you. But if you don't want to leave, Bob, are you all right for a minute or two more? I'm, no I'm pressure. fine. Yeah. James? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Lindsay? Yep. Oh, okay. I'm, nice. good. I, I'm enjoying this. Okay. So um, the first thing is, Every device that I've had from Google that so far has not had a screen. It's It's been a, a little pod. It just sits there and you have to communicate with it through voice. However, the other day for the first time we got, I forget what it's called. It's called like a Max Hub or Home Hub or something. It comes with a screen and you switch it on and it starts showing you 
what you can do. It's got like a like a 101. Here's here's a bunch of stuff that you can do. And I, you know, I follow tech fairly regularly, but I was immediately shown curious things that I could do that I thought, do you know what? That's hmm. I had no idea it could do that before. So it wasn't just the what's the capital city. It was about uh, creating events. It was about broadcasting. It's time for your meal to my son's bedroom. All of these quirky little things. And uh, it looks like Michelle down here again. Thanks, Michelle, for all these comments. She says you can use it for mental health hacks. I don't know what that means, but that's kind of a curious one. But here's another problem. Jeff Winchester. Hello, Jeff, saying his mom's got one. Um, if he asks anything, if I ask anything of substance, the answer is never, never relevant. Yeah, that's the pain, right? The, um, the just the completely wrong-ended response is just infuriating. My ability to play the right song, I reckon it's a toss of a coin. I say a song name and a song artist, it gets it right 50% of the time. So I go back to the phone. But yeah, this is really, really curious. And yeah. I don't, I don't have any voice activated any devices I, I i guess for me it would be that use case as soon as i can find a use case that makes sense to me my wife is the activated voice i say something <laughs> she always has something to say back you know i mean that's not i don't need alexa i don't need more people talking to me so by, by the way every time we say the a word uh, on another podcast they listen to they call it they say madame a they never say the a because yeah. it triggers it doesn't yeah. it so jess's jess's device is going off yeah um we can and, order something in jess's yeah. house right now yeah that's right yeah, yeah. nobody say those words yeah uh, so she but yeah i I just don't think that I would, you know, unless there was something really, you know, the desire came because yeah. I, I, I don't feel the need to do that. You know, so, I, I almost like the manual. There's still probably maybe it's my age or whatever. There's some manual part of me that likes to, when I'm curious about something, not just spout it into the air. Yeah. I like to seek it out. So, yeah. That, and that's me personally. Well, there's always going to be some people who don't wish to participate, and that's fine, isn't it? But I think you're right. I think the killer use case is still to be found. Whereas, yeah. like, it felt to me like, do you remember when the iPhone came out? There were a bunch of like really frivolous apps that did absolutely pointless things, like mimicked you drinking beer and yeah. stuff like that. Have a and, fire. And, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but there was no killer thing. And then I don't even remember what it was. Suddenly, like a to do app popped up, or the calendar apps got better, and I was like, oh man, it's a computer. I get it now. It's not just frivolity. And if somebody invented that killer feature inside of the voice activated thing, that would be really interesting. And it sounds to me, Lindsay, like you've already got it. You've got the killer feature for your dad. Um, and I, I didn't even know that that kind of thing was possible. And my dad's got Alexas all throughout his house and I'm going to explore that, um, you know, fairly soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And also, too, that's a really great small business idea <laughs> if you wanted to set those um, smart homes up for people um, in a small town or in, a, in your city. Um, that would be a really good um, business to start up. But, you know, yeah, that's what, well, how we start Monday mornings, right, with business ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we start Monday mornings by overrunning. I do apologize. Uh, Neil Robinson, hello, Neil, says that there's a BBC Two TV, TV series called The Secret of Modern Life and in it. Uh, they were talked about Alex, Alex, the Madame A devices and how they were designed. Ah, interesting. Thank you. That's a good hot tip if you live in the UK. Right. I've totally overrun. I've squandered lots more of your time. I have, I'm not being glib. I'm being serious. I've put more carbon into the air. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, and 
I shall do it again next week. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week with a different different panel of guests. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Lindsay, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And James, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Lindsay, you don't know what's coming. Here's the humiliating bit. We all raise our hands and sort of do this wavy thing at the end, all at the same time. Oh, I didn't time, know so that. Oh, sorry, yeah, well, I here, guess I yeah. Did here sorry. it comes. Would you all mind raising your hands and waving? And go for it, Lily. Yay, that's it. That's enough. We've got all the waves we need. That's great. We will be back next week. I appreciate it so much. Take it easy, guys. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>